0: Welcome to the Mint Green Ukulele podcast. More joy and less stress, baby! Oh, hell yeah! Well, here's how it works. You ask and we answer. What is your question around reducing stress, increasing productivity, or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life? You can submit your question at mintgreen.show. Without further ado, let's get it. In the blue corner, he is a TEDx speaker and a happiness coach who helps organizations to work happy so they can boost revenue, lower employee turnover, and foster a culture of mindfulness around mental health, Greg
1: Kettler! red corner. She's a certified mindset specialist, a productivity and leadership coach. She facilitates wellness through comedy and play for your
0: team. And she's your host for the show, Genevieve Peppin. Greg, welcome to the Men Green Ukulele podcast.
1: Hey, Jen, how are you? Good to see you.
0: I'm super excited. I'm really great. How are you?
1: Great. Uh, doing really well. I'm, I'm in the States, uh, although we're both Canadian. We're living in different countries and it's Thanksgiving. And I'm very thankful for people like you who are spreading good and, and you know, making the world a better place. It's, it's a lot of fun for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Well, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the humor that you bring and for the positive impact that you make, uh, you know, with people you work with and also on social media. So I want to hear more about that. And that's why we're going to go directly into rapid fire questions. So Greg, I'm gonna ask you for six numbers, three numbers from one to 15, three numbers from 16 to 50. And I'm gonna ask you corresponding questions.
1: Go. Uh, Three, nine and 11.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: 21, 37 and 49.
0: These are the perfect numbers for you to pick. <laughs> Greg, what are your top two values?
1: Uh, honesty and empathy.
0: Mm. Is that something that you revisit? Um, do you revisit your, your values like on a yearly basis or on a...
1: Yeah, on I think so. Just uh, to, just, uh, you know, every so often just to remind myself where I'm headed and, and set my mm-hmm. compass north again, because... Yeah. You know, there, there are times where I'm not empathetic as as I should be, and maybe there's sometimes I'm not as honest as I should be. So,
0: hmm, hmm. Okay, great. Oh, hold on. Um, all right. What is your most strongly held belief?
1: Uh, probably the golden rule: doing to others as you would have them doing to you, or actually, the platinum golden rule would be doing to others as they would want you to do to them. Right. Because what I want from you might be different. But if I know that, then I can do that thing that makes you happy versus the thing that makes me happy. Yeah. If that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Treat others how they want to be treated. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: love that. Which is often how what we want for ourselves, right? So it's kind of the I love that the platinum golden rule. That's nice. Um, all right. What is the most meaningful what is most meaningful I'm sorry what is most meaningful about your work right now?
1: Most meaningful is is when I go and give a keynote or I, I work with a, an organization uh, and train them on the work happy culture uh, and how to normalize mental health conversations is the conversations uh, I have afterwards Every time people will come find me in the halls, one guy followed me out to the parking lot and just said thank you for talking about that um i have i deal with anxiety and i'm getting anxiety just thinking about having to talk to my new boss about it and so i asked him who his boss was and um and it turned out to be the guy that had was instrumental in getting me to come and speak and i said well you know i know this individual and we've already had conversations about mental health and he's wide open to listening and, and whatnot so he's like wow that Thank you so much. And so, yeah, I just gave a couple of pointers on how to set up the conversation. And uh, three or four days later, I got a message from him on LinkedIn and said, thank you. It was a great conversation. Uh, it was a huge help. So just, you know, just conversations. And I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not a clinical psychologist. But I have the ability to get people to open up and talk about their feelings, especially guys, right? We don't do that. You women are great at doing that. Um, us, it's sports. Guys aren't gonna, you know, be passionate and and have these conversations difficult.
0: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's not the first time that this comes up on the podcast. Um, meaning that that the diff- the the general difficulty of men of having those conversations, even I think it came up around friendship um, and 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 holding uh, <clears throat> relationships and so on. Now, the next one you chose is 22, uh, 21. What was your first job?
1: My first ever. job was, uh, my first job ever, well, we had chores on the house uh, when we were growing up, but my first job was, my dad was a, a doctor in a little town, and so I started cleaning his office, <clears throat> and it would take me about an hour, and I got $2.25 an hour, so I don't know if it was child labor, but I, I, I didn't have to pay taxes because I didn't make enough money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 i love that but I think it's it, funny right yeah well no, it's just funny right because i mean if i hadn't been working my parents would still you know provide what i was using the money for but uh <clears throat> most of that money went into candy and uh and hockey cards that,
0: that's the best way to spend it that's the best yeah. way to spend it <laughs> do you remember when there was a um when i was young and i was going to the uh how would that how would I call it in English? The let's say the candy store. It's not really the candy store, the convenience yeah. store. Um, yeah. you could buy candy for one cent.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. Right? And you would just like one, two, three. That, that's very unhygienic when I'm thinking about this. But still, like would, like for one cent, there was counter at the counter, and then you were like, Yes, I have 25 cents, like I can have 25 like jelly raspberry or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, was, the, the candy was horrible i remember i, I guess i've always been an entrepreneur because when we were younger my brother and i we have a, a younger sister my brother's two years old and she's four years younger uh and we would once we would finish chewing our gum we'd roll it in sugar and sell it back to her
0: <laughs> oh, that's just mean though that's not being an entrepreneur
1: I it wasn't mean. mean at the time
0: <laughs> funny how perceptions change
1: (laughs) right (laughs) now that i'm old and wise
0: yeah i wouldn't roll my gum anymore and sell it perfect uh that's maturity that's maturity um all right who do you text most
1: who do i text most probably uh my wife and my daughter we have a, a family text and so whether we need somebody to pick something up at the grocery store or what are we having for dinner or um you know just stuff throughout the day checking how they're doing but yeah probably the group text with my my wife my daughter
0: yeah oh that's so nice i love that and last question oh (laughs) where are the small spoons located in your house
1: they are in the kitchen in the utensil drawer the last drawer on the right as you walk into the kitchen. And they are on the very right end. So I have I set them up. The girls do it differently, but I I put the knives, the big forks, and the big spoons, which I like. But when they empty the dishwasher, it always changes back. So we kind of have a game.
0: But mm. it's in the far right
1: of the utensil the Yeah,
0: utensil I love that 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 game. Do you believe that there is a right and a wrong way to organize a dishwasher? <laughs>
1: I got married five years ago, and I thought I knew how to load the dishwasher, but apparently not.
0: <laughs> so there is a right way. I've been dying well, yeah. to, yeah, been dying to know because well, it drives me crazy.
1: Well, I always put the dishes so that when the water comes up from below, it hits the bottom, clean. Yeah. and then when you open the dishwasher, you don't have a bowl full of water.
0: Yeah, yeah, it spills
1: everywhere. That's so. a great. That's a great
0: strategy. It's
1: a and toilet paper too. The toilet paper has to be on the outside, not the inside.
0: Okay, I thought they mean like toilet paper in the dishwasher. <laughs> I was like, I feel like it's just gonna clog. <laughs> I just organized the dishwasher so the toilet paper is at the bottom, not at the top. No, no, I'm kidding.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, fun. that's so funny. All right. Well, talking about funny, let's let's dive into our first question. I want to create a positive team culture. Where do I start?
1: That's that's a great question I hear all the time as well. People I work with, people I talk to, or you know, people reach out on social media, and and I believe the first place to start is with yourself. Um, how are you going to help other people happy or or show them how to be happy if it's not with you? So I'm, and I tell people I said we need to be more selfish. People are like what? I said, we need to take time so that we can be happy when we go into the office, when we lead, we already have that mindset, right? Because hanging out and talking with you and joking around makes me happy. But that's because in the morning I woke up and I thought, you know what? Today's a great day. I'm going to have a great mindset. I'm going to be happy and stuff might knock me down. So I, I think it starts with the leader or I was trying to develop that culture within the organization.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that speaks also to self awareness of understanding absolutely. where where are you, which habits or which behavior is not promoting a, a positive yeah. culture, right? Uh, and which one are already right? Because not everything is negative, and and that self awareness goes a long way. Um, do you also work with individuals, if, and like to start yeah, with their, I, themselves on the team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, being a leader in an organization can be very lonely right, you have all the stress, whether it's, you know, a group of 20 or a group of 2,000, the buck stops with you. And those people are buried in timesheets and spreadsheets and meetings. And they really don't have the time to even take care of themselves sometimes. So I, I talked with a lot of, you know, leaders and organizations um, how, how to have a positive mindset, how to choose happiness. Whether you need to do more meditation or breathing exercises or whatever it is, find a hobby that you enjoy mm-hmm. so that when they go into the office, they have a positive mindset. They're, you know, not only are they leading the team in productivity and how to do your job and be kind and show up and be nice to your customers, yeah. but how to how to have that spark that, you know, that skipping your step when you when you go into the office.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We influence others, with our energy and our mood, whatever we want it or not. But whether it's int- yeah. intentional or not, right? Yeah. So let's be intentional about it,
1: <laughs> yeah, right? How absolutely. we show up. Right. And it's, and you know, it, it's infectious, right? I mean, if you're around somebody who's happy and, you know, you want to like, oh, well, what's going on in your life and talk. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's so many positives of people showing up to work happy. I mean, we're yeah. we're up to 18% more productive. Uh, Happy salespeople versus sad salespeople, I guess. Um, They sell 37% more, but we're more creative. We have more connections. We have deeper conversations. Um, Just by being positive, I read a study that they did during the pandemic, and they're now saying that people at work would rather feel like their voice is heard, that their thoughts matter. A pat on the back a sincere thank you they would rather have that now than a ten thousand dollar raise which speaks volumes to working happy because what does the thank you cost it costs time mm-hmm. it doesn't cost there's no budget for happiness you know i mean there's things that you can do to entertain people but if people are happy you're going to save money you're going to reduce your turnover and and you're going to be a better company
0: absolutely you know there's the whole also short term impact and long term impact because you know there's uh, life is a marathon it's not a sprint right and and showing up happy at work doesn't mean that you know you won't have hard conversations and it doesn't mean that uh, everything will be like beautiful all the time but you have a, a stronger foundation to have those meaningful conversations as you said and because when you when people and leaders and, you know, people on the team and leaders of leaders, all included, when you bring resentment to work, when you bring uh, exhaustion, when you bring all the baggage of miscommunication and feeling like your thoughts are not heard or learn helplessness, why would I contribute anyway? Like, it doesn't really matter because nobody hears me. Then it exactly. just adds up. It just adds up and... um and, and then, you know, even though sometimes still this, the things get done, then all of those costs that you mentioned, like start adding up in time. Um, one thing that I like to do, and I love to hear about uh, your methods when it comes to work happy, um, is also just to uh, encourage leaders to do a core value exercise. I mean, there's, there's many out there um, that can be done, but really starting having conversations about what norms do we want to establish as a team and having everybody contribute to this conversation, right? Um, so that we can perform better together. And sometimes it's not a one-off conversation, but really identifying that and identifying, okay, so what does that look like in behaviors, right? And then even having consistent conversation about that, whether it's monthly, quarterly, to to kind of check in on how are we living by those values um, can really help create that... Save space in conversation to to talk about that, and also hold each other accountable. Because oftentimes the culture is something that we like to put on the website, but when we we observe behaviors, it's a completely different story.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, <clears throat> and it, it's so important. I think you know, building a, a culture. People are resistant to change, uh, mm. and I think the longer, the older we get, um, and the longer we're with the company, what. The, the culture was then uh, continues to be. And uh, a perfect example was when I was working for the Vancouver Canucks. I got hired. It was my dream job. Uh, probably one of the funnest jobs I've had other than what I do now, helping people work happy. But the culture uh, was work hard, play hard. So everybody had this mentality. We were young. We were full of life. Um, but we really enjoyed not only our work, but we enjoyed each other, uh, or each other, you know, so sometimes after work, we go out to the pub, uh, you know, on a weekend we get together at the beach and have a picnic. Um, it was just very organic, Mm -hmm. but when you're hanging out with like-minded people, um, it really works, but it's hard to change those people. And I, I went back and I, I spoke with them. Uh, a couple of weeks ago and it still was that same culture work hard play hard let's have fun um let's make you know the games memorable uh for our fans whether we win or lose yeah and so if you have a culture and you, you want to change uh i you know i think like i said earlier it starts with you but it also starts with your hiring practices right um i think <clears throat> long gone are the days of hiring somebody because they had the best gpa or what school they went to Uh, i'm a firm believer in hire for culture fit right who's somebody that's has energy who's going to bring it every day Um, they might not have all the skills that they need right then but that's Part of your leadership is giving that training. You know, whether it's on customer service, or you know, doing a certain procedure, if you're manufacturing, how do I run this machine? Mm-hmm. But if you can find someone with a great personality who already is happy, um, you can teach them how to do their job. Yeah. So. Yeah. But but it starts with recruiting. You know, versus trying to change it. Okay, starting tomorrow, we're all going to be happy. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big ask.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be happy okay thank you see you monday um yep. i think I, I, it's so interesting that that you bring that up I, I think also that to be conscious of of um how that you know new hires can contribute to the culture also of happiness as you say like the attitude and so on and uh, what what these new hires can do can bring to the culture, right? Uh, so that we all create it together. Uh, so that um, uh, so that this attitude is a good, it's a good add as well. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is a great, this is a great, great point. And I think that it also speaks to also having created already a, a momentum, you know, because it's if there's already a culture, because that's another thing. If you want to create a positive team culture, also start identifying what is the culture now. Again, there's a culture now, whether you are aware of it or not. So, what are the norms and the behaviors that are that are the way of working right now, right? Because when you bring people in, even though they are, you know, a great culture ad a great or or a great culture fit um, with what you want the culture to be, um, there's already a momentum. So being aware of that, like the momentum is is as you said, it's difficult to to start, uh, not to start, I'm sorry, to stop, right? Uh, so you want to influence it so that it 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 uh, you create something with a team, um, uh, but also be be aware that um, it's it, it's it's really a constant a constant job or a constant effort of really making sure that the momentum is is that that is going in the direction that is beneficial for, for the whole team. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And sustainable too. Right. So if somebody leaves the, the culture doesn't leave with that person. There's, you know, 90% of people who are on board versus, you know, the one leader of the group.
0: Yeah. We talked about, uh, you know, how to create also those conversations. So that leads me to our second question, which is something that you do. And I love to hear your thoughts about this, which is how do I talk to my team about mental health without it being awkward?
1: Right, um, that a great question. And again, uh, I get that a lot. And uh, a lot of people don't <clears throat> talk about mental health organizations don't because they know it's there. Uh, they know it's something, they have a plan, right? If you need help, reach out, here's a number uh, to call. But um, not everybody is knows how to talk about it, how to start the conversation. Uh, and what I've learned, and just a, a bit of a background in our family, uh, my stepdaughter lost her dad to suicide uh, five four years ago. It'll be five in, in March, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything. Like I had, a, I had a friend or two passed away, one in high school, and one uh, just out of college, and I, you know. I Growing up, the word was, or the vernacular was, they committed suicide, which I've learned, and now it's like they passed by suicide or they took their own life, you know, just a a better way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I I really didn't understand the ins and outs. And when we went through this, I joined a group uh, in our town called Reach Out Walla Walla, a support group for people left behind, and awareness, right? So we do suicide walk, suicide prevention, that kind of thing. Um, And what i learned is that you really don't have to be an expert. <clears throat> you just have to have empathy and, and ask questions. And I remember the day after, and people started hearing about the news. We had two family friends show up. Uh, one showed and they both said the exact same thing. One showed up with flowers, uh, and the other family showed up with cookies and ice cream. So we like that family even more um, the cookies and ice cream. <laughs> they both said the exact same thing, Jen. Um, they said, we heard what happened. We don't know what to say. We're sorry. And that's all they need to say, right? We don't know what to do, but we're here. Let us know. And, um, so when I have, you know, friends that someone in their life has passed, uh, I'll reach out and, and I'll say the same thing. Hey, I'm sorry. I heard what happened. Uh, I don't know what you need, but I'm here to help. And And then I put those people in my calendar, uh, every month you Know for a year because when people do find out, you know, if there's a suicide, it's just an onslaught. Everybody, you know, wants to help be there. How are you guys doing? What can we do? Blah blah blah. But 30 days later, it goes down to zero, right? People forget about it, it's not really a part of their lives. They'd heard about it, yeah. And so, I've had so many of my friends reach out to me and say, Wow, oh, I can't believe you've, you've just checked in to see how I was doing eight months later. Right. I don't have to tell them that it was in the calendar, Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's just being empathetic. It's, it's trying to understand. Yeah, I think it's even easier now more than ever to have a conversation uh, about mental health. And I talk to people all the time and say, let's have conversations before the incident, rather after the incident. Right. Because people always say, oh, they were the last person I would have thought, but the research shows it from talking to people who've attempted to take their lives um, that it's a, a small five to ten minute window that they've already had a plan and you know it, this is what I'm gonna do it, this is how I'm gonna do it but if somebody reaches out to them or just asks them how are you doing um, you know a crisis can be averted um, and I always tell people you know uh, like well this is a guy example but like if every he and the boys go out for a beer, um, and then all of a sudden Johnny's not showing up, he's not returning texts, something might be going on in his life that's changed his habits, right? And so reach out to him and, hey, man, how's it going? And if they say, oh, it's going okay, ask the question again, say, you know what, how's it really going? I've got time to talk, right? And that kind of lowers you know the walls. They don't feel as shameful or the guilt or whatnot, and you can have a conversation and, and lead with what you've gone through. I mean, you've gone through stuff. I've gone through stuff, uh, especially during COVID. Yeah, You know, I'm one of the most upbeat or upbeat guys that I know. And there's been days over the last three years I've woken up, I'm like, huh, not another one. You know, that sense of overwhelm and when's this going to be over? And if you just need, you know, share your experiences and say, you know, I I'm here. I'm here to listen, and it's amazing. I've had so many conversations after events that I've done, um, and even we in our town, we started a group called Men in the Middle. That's a support group for dudes um, because one of the highest uh, categories of suicide yeah. is in the trades, twenty-five to forty-five. And so, basically, the group once a month we go to the Christian Aid Center. We put. Uh, meals and feed the homeless together Uh just dudes Um, or you know we'll go for a pub night or go golfing but guys when we hang out with each other uh, and we build those relationships and then stuff might go sideways whether it's our marriage or kids or finance I've got 25 guys that I can lean on Uh, and it's been so powerful and and one example from that group uh, about a year ago a friend of mine He's EMT and, and on the fire team. And uh, he went away uh, for his PSTD um, to get help with that. And he roomed with a guy for six weeks. And uh, I was one night, it was about eight 30 and it was Cody texted me. He's like, Hey man, I need to talk. So I went out to the driveway and, and we're standing. There. I'm like, what's, what's going on? He so said, the guy that I was rooming with just took his life. I just found out. And so here's, you know, two guys in the driveway on a, hot summer night standing there talking crying and sharing and you know cody told me later he goes that was the best thing that i needed i just needed a dude that i could talk to and so if we share our own stories if we lead with our own stories and and we lead with empathy yeah it's you know yeah i think the hardest part is maybe just starting the conversation But -hmm. once the person you're talking to knows that you're not trying to find what the gossip or what's going on, but that you genuinely care, um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful conversation.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Those are very powerful stories, and a lot more common than we think. And
1: yeah,
0: and also when it happens or to somebody. That we know, or when people are going through whether they're left behind or they're going through a hard time, um, you know, it's it's. I think that it can be easy to say like, well, I don't, I don't really know how to deal with that, or probably somebody else is there for them, and and and, I think that it can sometimes be uncomfortable as well and because again yeah. we don't know what to say and we don't want to say something wrong and so on and of course there are you know professionals but what i love about what you said is first of all asking question and you, you also with the questions that you asked are open questions right is it not like have you tried this you know like like closed questions that end with yes or no tend to be like when we're trying to fix things right uh yep. sometimes it can it can direct the focus, uh, distract the focus to just being present, like as you said, yeah. just being present and say, like, I'm here to listen if you have something and And also, I find that sometimes the first time, because some people don't really have the trust or are not willing to actually open up, they may not say yeah. anything, but the the data they will need then they will know that they can just like your friend called you and said I actually need to talk right because i think that as you said starting the conversation is difficult but also when you need help and you don't know who's available or willing to even listen because we think that it's a burden because uh you know i should just suck it up and continue right it's not that important so it's in my head or so on um so who do i turn to right so sometimes also just have these communication channels open even if it's in you know again in the workplace just just having being asking open questions in one-on-ones like how are you how are you doing right what is it that's exciting in your life outside of work uh any yeah. challenge you want to share whatever that is right but it just creates even though there's nothing to talk about that's okay <laughs> because the day that there will be something to talk about then yeah the the eyes will already be broken and therefore it's a lot easier because it's already hard to talk to somebody when you actually need to talk to somebody. And on top of that, if if you feel like you're bothering or you don't know who to turn to, then it just makes it even harder.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And a perfect example of, you know, talking to somebody, a complete stranger, I I gave a keynote and at a, at a conference trade show and about an hour later, the the conference floor opened up or the trade show and i told the story about our family and rachel what what we've all gone through and um you know gave some tips and tricks on on how to overcome the the stigma about talking about mental health and how to work happy and uh, i was just walking around the the trade show floor and this guy walks up to me um and he's like hey man thanks for uh thanks for talking about mental health i really appreciate it I said, you're welcome. I go, it's what I do. I I love to help people. Um, And I said, what was your number one takeaway? He said, well, here's my number one takeaway. He goes, I've had crippling anxiety for 25 years. I'm talking to you, a complete stranger. And the only people that know about it are my wife and my doctor. Wow. And so just for me sharing my story this guy was talking to and and now we're friends and uh, Jason's in my calendar once a month I text him how are you doing man how's your headspace what's going yeah. on you know all this kind of stuff and he, he sure goes, you know we've got him into control now with with you know counseling and, and some medicine um and so we're having this whole conversation about breathing about mindset about meditation you know stress all this kind of stuff yeah probably for about 10 15 minutes and, and then one of his guys who works for him came running up he's like hey guys what are you what are you talking about and jason turns to him he's like ah we're talking about mental health and he goes great i have a horrible marriage can you guys help me out with that (laughs) but right here's another guy i hadn't even been introduced to him and he was showing me personal details about his life yeah because we're in a tree of trust we're in a safe space yeah we weren't judging each other we weren't fixing each other we were just sharing and and that's where it starts and then once you build that bond you can say well you know what when when we had this incident we went to therapy we went yeah. to counseling we all did everybody yeah. needs it right and then people are like okay. well if, if Greg can go to counseling maybe I can't do it. so
0: absolutely and something that you said that I love and is so simple but yet so effective is to put reminders because life is busy yeah. and and you know even I mean, I work with, I help people focus on their priorities. Even our priorities, sometimes we don't even think about them. So let alone checking on somebody that we haven't talked to to in six months, right? So putting those little reminders because it's a text or it's a quick phone call just to check. And of course, you know, make yourself available if there's more to talk about. But I think it's a great, great little tip to check. And even as managers with their team, like to whether it's in, it's in every one-on-one or not, you know? Uh, to really remind ourselves to be present to that. I love that.
1: I love that. And and as managers, you know, checking in, you know, it's not just uh, the the water cooler talk. I think you need to be more specific, whether you're in the office or, you know, remote. Uh, If you're a manager or a leader, just make it your mission, you know, depending on the size of your company, but maybe it's just one person a day. You drop in and have a conversation. How's the wife and kids? When's your next vacation, right? Instead of like, oh, did you see this movie or did you hear what's going on in the news? Right? Make it specific to them. Uh, if you know that they had, you know, uh, their son plays hockey, hey, how's your kid's team doing? Right? That goes a lot farther than, so are you stressed at work or what's going on? How can I help? Right? Because once we create that bond, that common bond, then you as a manager feel like you can have a deeper conversation with them yeah. and they in turn as well, too, because you built that little bit more trust in every conversation grows and grows. And, you know, maybe a mental health conversation might not happen on day one. Maybe it's two weeks out or two months out. Exactly. When, when, when we're comfortable with each other, you know, we can talk about these things without, without, you know, shame or guilt.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it even extends to understanding people so that you are more aware of challenges of challenges in the workplace as well. Meaning that I'm, I was working with a manager that we did exactly that, just starting a few, a few uh, with a few more personal or, or questions in um, in one-on-ones, and to build that trust and to build that bond where it's an open space for that. And then he noticed that because his goal was to encourage people to speak up and bring any challenge that they're facing, so that he can be aware and therefore work with them toward that, instead of being that person where that they don't want to tell anybody that's that's happening to the boss so that you know they don't look like they're bringing up problems and so on and um and it it helped like it helped and he said like yeah like people are showing up and we're talking about things that we can address and we can solve right so it's also there's there's that whole building trust for more personal matters and also uh, in the workplace so it's a win 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 like it's really not a i you know it's really something that is worth, worth investing in and also just creating that bond, whether there's something to talk about or not, makes people yeah. happier in the workplace because they feel like they're being heard, period.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and something I've learned, and I, I just did a post a couple of days ago, uh, when we were kids, my mother uh, used to give us uh, a box of thank you cards in our stockings. Uh, and before we could play with our toys, we had to write a thank you card to Grandpa and Grandma. Or oh, that's so nice. For
0: the toy, right?
1: And yeah. now, of course, she would address it and send them out. But that's always stuck with me. And, you know, I've, I've been over 27 years in sales and I'm still selling, you know, the work happy game plan. But I've gone back to offices or I've been on Zoom calls and I've seen my handwritten thank you card uh, to that person. It's just one more unique way uh, in an you know, electronic world. I mean, when was the last time you got a, a, a handwritten thank you card for somebody? It's always bills. It's always flyers. It's taxes or whatever. Right. And, uh, so Absolutely. I've, I've done that. And, you know, I, I did two events last weekend and I got handwritten thank you cards from both of them. And, nice. and it's, you know, it's, you lead by action and you never know when it's going to get picked up. Uh, Monday I got to my desk. I'm, I'm an early riser. Uh, and I got to my desk and there's a handwritten uh thank you card it just said Greg. And I was like, well, that's not Becky's handwriting, but it was my stepdaughter. And so I opened up this card and it was just thanks for being a great stepdad. I really appreciate the gift that you got me last week. Um and looking forward to Christmas. It was just and here I am, 50 years old. I'm crying at my desk at six o'clock in the morning, but it moved me, right? It was it was a simple act. It you know, probably took her ten minutes to do, but yeah. When we do that for each other, it builds that bond and and you can go anywhere once you have trust because I think leadership should be very flat. If, if you don't call yourself a leader, if you don't promote yourself as a leader, oh, I'm the president because I've worked for guys like that, right? This one guy, I would always say, hey, I'm the president and the CEO of the chamber. Every time you talk to somebody, I was like, dude, act as such So, you know, and I think that you're going to have better conversations too if, if the people that work for you don't feel you as a or don't think of you as a leader, but think of you more as a mentor or a friend. Yeah. There's as a person. Conversations. <laughs> yeah. Right. Instead <laughs> of a, hey, go do my work.
0: <laughs> as a person. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um I love the practical tips uh and, and the stories that you're sharing, Greg, because it's so impactful and it goes back to being human and and being intentional about it as well. Um, and I love the impact that you're making in this because it changes lives, literally, literally changes lives. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. What about we play a game? To yeah, kind of sure. bring up the laughter Perfect. and and yes. Uh, so the well, game I, that I have for to you today. Yeah. <laughs> the game that I have for you today is Yes and Story. Uh, okay. The Yes and, as you know, the Yes and is the pillar of improv comedy yes is about accepting the information that is given to us without judgment and building on it yes and and we're going to create a story together one sentence at a time i suggested we do it in the third person like we're telling a fable right so once upon a time there was a squirrel in the forest right and then uh so one sentence at a time uh, we're going to alternate and Uh, We're going to build a story and say yes and an ad on what was previously said. And the only rule is that we don't deny and we don't use the but. Because the but doesn't have a place in this story. All right? Are you game?
1: Okay. No buts. Absolutely. I'm game. Once upon a time, there was a squirrel who lived in a castle.
0: And yes, and the squirrel was obsessed with keeping her castle as clean as possible.
1: Yes, and to do that, she hired a little boy to take care of the cleaning of the castle.
0: (laughs) Yes, and this little boy turned out to be fantastic at keeping things in order and was quite funny as well.
1: Yes, he had all the people working for him, laughing all the time. And because he was such a great leader, he started his own dating app for squirrels.
0: Yes. (laughs) And one day he came across on the dating app, he came across Shelly the squirrel and he fell madly in love.
1: Yes, uh, Tom and Shelly fell madly in love and they decided to get married in Spain while on vacation. Mm.
0: Yes, and while on vacation in Spain on their honeymoon, they spotted an old castle that was on sale.
1: Yes, and Tom said to Shelley, this reminds me when I used to clean a castle for the chipmunks are they chipmunks or people now I can't
0: Maybe the buy castle
1: and start a family
0: yeah <laughs> yes and they renovated this castle made it very clean and Laughed with their offsprings every day. How could we turn out what would be a last sentence to, to this Tom and, and then, Shelley love story?
1: and then and then Covid hit
0: <laughs> Ta-da! And they were locked on the castle forever. There okay. you go
1: yes, yeah. and end of story.
0: yes, and end of story. yeah, 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 yes. and today present time no no uh all right oh i love this well, thank it's... you that was fun <laughs> uh who would have known that uh yeah. we would have uh, we would have uh known tom and charlie's love story today it's beautiful i know it's
1: beautiful it we'll, write Frank... <laughs> we'll write a book together with that we'll write a book together
0: yes yes well with the yes and it's uh, a yeah. it's it's a it's, it's an easy task um greg where can people find more of you or can people follow you and contact you if they want to bring the work happy culture in their
1: team yeah thanks for asking uh it's greg kettner uh on any social media platform uh probably the easiest is find me on linkedin add me let's connect and see how we can help each other um or my email is just my name greg at gregkettner.com
0: great and do you have a website uh to check out your offerings
1: yeah. com as well
0: too. com. And you also have a podcast, right?
1: Yeah, the Work Happy podcast.
0: The Work Happy podcast so that we can hear more of you and your wisdom. Great. Great. Do yeah.
1: you need uh, my banking information or social security? Yeah, you have your nip
0: four numbers?
1: <laughs> right.
0: 5? <Five>? Yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: But anyway, you at home listening to this uh all the links will be and the personal account information will be in the description of this podcast. Uh, so you can just click, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of just go and find what you want. Uh, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being, uh, for coming on the main green podcast and uh, playing the game and sharing your wisdom. Um, I'm super happy uh, to have had this conversation with you and I trust and I know that it's uh, it will be impactful to our audience. So thank you so much.
1: Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. And all the stuff you said as well, too. And I, I so appreciate uh, getting to know you. We're both Canadians. We're both big fans of Poutine. Um, <laughs> but the work that you're doing as well, too, is, is just great. And it's, it's so uh, amazing that we can help people make a living and, you know, make make the world uh, a better place.
0: True. Long live long live Putin in the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. Exactly.
0: Thank you for listening to the Mint Green Ukulele podcast. Now, what is your question around reducing stress, increasing productivity or leading effectively without sacrificing joy in your life? Well, you can submit your question anonymously for me and my guest to tackle them and you can do so at mintgreen.show. This just in oh. Opposite day starts in three, two, oh, one. Oh, God, okay. Um, all right, so don't subscribe. Uh, don't subscribe, don't follow, don't like, uh, don't eat your veggies, don't call your mom. Those things are just bad for you. And don't you even think about following or connecting on LinkedIn. Uh, it's not like I post comedy videos that people are raving about. Uh, no thanks. All right, so no thank you and no bye.